This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and we're coming to you, this is the last podcast before Christmas. Well, we might throw a little podcast before Christmas, which is going to be a little special, but this is our last proper pre-match podcast before Christmas. We've got a game on Friday, it's not Saturday, it's like an augmented Saturday as we call it, it's Friday. We're playing Norwich on Friday, loads of bees are going up there. So of course we need to discuss the game on Friday. We need to discuss last week's game against Barnsley. And we've got loads of other stuff to talk about because this has been a bit of a mad week. Of course, it's December, it's Christmas time. There's been all sorts of stuff that's been going on. And we've had a pretty great week. And to be quite honest with you, I'm very, very proud of myself being in the pub here now on Wednesday because after the activity last weekend, Christ almighty, I must admit, I had to drag myself in to get myself back in form. But I'm feeling mighty fine now. I'm here back in West London in the George the Fourth pub in Chiswick haven't been here for a few weeks lovely lovely boozer wicked boozer they take great care of us here if you're ever in town before Christmas just come in and pop in it's great very very lively you've got an inside they've got outside they've got a function room which we might do a do here in the next uh, few months or so as well they've got a little upstairs little den which we normally go into but we thought we'd come downstairs into the main arena and there's all sorts of Christmas party action going on. We thought instead of the Tinder date a couple of weeks ago, we might report on a Christmas party action. And I know you guys have been here a bit longer than me. Have you seen any activity with uh, the Christmas party action, the Allard in the house? Christmas party action. Well, we've got, there's a table next to us. Um, it's, um, I think it was Penny's, Penny's Christmas um, party. Um, I think the, I mean... It, Penny's from heaven, yeah? Yes, yes. It's all, it's all, it's all very sedate so far. I think... Um, they need more beer. They, they probably need more beer and wine. One of them was drinking a cup of tea when they arrived, or, or certainly a hot drink, which doesn't feel like the sort of thing to, um, to kick off a Christmas party in, with, with, with any great excitement. And two of them haven't turned up. Um, so um, it was a bit like, you know them, those weddings when people don't turn up and they still bring the starters out? Um, there, was a, there was a couple of pate starters going, um, going there, Bill. So I don't know if you're, if you're feeling hungry or not, but you could have dived in. I might have to just go over to them, bring the microphone over later, and see whether or not they'll let us indulge in their pate. Laney? Yeah, a bit of pate. <laughs> um, but 
I'm not really happy about it because we waited quite a while for them to turn up, wondering who who they were, and it was it was a bit Christmassy. But it was it's, there's five of them now that aren't wearing Christmas hats, and I think it's pretty unforgivable on um, really for for Christmas. Just it's, it's just a bit bar humbug, Bill. If I'm honest with you. Well, listen, we're going to talk about Bar Humbug in a little bit, but to be fair, what I'm going to say to you is that maybe different people celebrate Christmas in a different way, and not necessarily everyone gets completely smashed and has a bit of a laugh, but maybe they, they like to drink a cup of tea, converse with each other, and, 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 and discuss what's gone in the past year. To be honest, I didn't mention that getting smashed, I just said that a few of them weren't wearing a Christmas hat. <laughs> that is true, maybe I was actually being a bit presumptuous there. But listen, anyway, as we said, this week, it's been a wicked week. Um, it's been pretty full-on week, you know, since we spoke to you or you listened to us last Thursday. We, uh, the day after that, we had our bees up in the brewery, in the Fuller's Brewery, which was a mighty fine night as well. It is, and I know a lot of people that have been listening to this were actually at the breweries on Friday night uh, with King Kev O'Connor, who actually uh, ended up wearing a robe, a king's robe and a, and a king's crown because we made him wear it and uh, you know, I think he was a bit embarrassed about it but he, he did the thing because he's got manners and he took loads of photographs of him in the robe of the crown and it was absolutely fantastic we had big Bob Taylor <laughs> we had quite a few tales Robert, to tell Robert, Robert, Robert Taylor sorry Robert Taylor who had a lot of tales to tell um, it has to be said and I mean as he got warmed up during the night he was a little bit nervous to start off but as he got warmed up during the night absolutely teething tremendous it was brilliant of course a consummate professional Marcus Gale who was in the middle there he knew these guys and he was just throwing in the questions from a professional's point of view and we did that loads of people in the brewery I think 75 Bees fans in the brewery there was a couple of aisles or stouts on that have not even been released as well as well because like I said it was an open bar all night and is that right Laney I mean I, did, I didn't taste it myself no there's some lovely ones on there actually there's one in here tonight it's the espresso stout full of espresso stout it's um, really good apparently quite a lot of coffee in there as well so um keeps you perky while, it, while you're on your, on your way. That's right. So we're going to be playing a couple of clips from the besotted uh, Christmas social. Uh, we'll play a clip from um, Big Bob Taylor, uh, Patchy, uh, Robert, uh, Robert, oh, sorry. And we'll also be playing a clip from Kev O'Connor. And, and like I said to you, I said, um, one of the things is as well is, I mean, like I said, I live in North London, quite deep. I'm practically, well, practically in Hertfordshire, like I say, up in Barnet. Laney lives over in sort of past Staines, Ashford and everything like that. And we just thought, tell you something, instead of, instead of going home, I'm going to get a cab and it's going to cost me whatever it is and Laney go home. So we got a hotel instead by Brentford. The most sensible thing to do. We got a hotel at the Novotel, really decent rate as well, which is all good. But also, so did Big Bob Taylor. And one of the weirdest, Robert. Robert Taylor, and one of the weirdest things is to have your hero, who was scoring goals for you when you were a young person, sitting in your hotel room at four o'clock in the morning, drinking and telling more. I mean, the tales that he told at four in the morning, I mean, I wish that he told them at the social because there were some proper tales we told there, weren't there? Yeah, I think we probably need legal representation, to be honest with you, <laughs> if we started. Um, but the, 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 um, the, the most interesting thing about the hotel room, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but there was um, a strange bathroom <laughs> that was going on. So the bathroom was like see-through glass. And I woke up and I, I caught... Well, I don't, Bill wasn't up to anything he shouldn't be doing, but Bill was either... Yeah, he was going through the morning morning duties... And he didn't realise that he hadn't pressed the like the privacy setting on the on the glass to make it. And I I probably didn't want to be seeing what I saw when I woke up that morning. 
I must admit, I, 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 if, if anyone is listening from the Novotel, you should have some sort of card that you hand out to people to let them know. Because I went into the bathroom and I thought, actually, I saw the glass and I saw Laney lying there. And I thought he was, because he was actually dead to the world. Because when, when I went to sleep, you were, you were groaning. You were, oh my God, I can't believe, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of groaning going on. But that was due to the fact that, that there was... There was a besotted minibar that was just strewn around the room, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I woke up and I thought, oh my God, I can't believe we've got through all that drink. But you were groaning, so I thought, okay, lady sleep. So let me just pop. Let me just pop to the um. Let me just pop to the old bathroom and tug in. But I thought it had one of those glasses, which was a one-way glass. You know what I'm saying? So you could see out the other way and you couldn't see in. But unfortunately, as Laney has sort of revealed later, that wasn't the case at all. I think it was your groaning that woke me up. <laughs> Anyway, we should move on from that. So, um, listen, just quickly as well, as you know, Besot, we've got a nice range of shirts as well. I mean, we, we just made a couple and people have been really happy about them. And uh, people will be coming up to us and saying, where are they? Where can we get hold of them? Just if you go to Besotted.com, if you just have a look, we've got a range of shirts and we've got some of them in stock. And if you actually go there, I know Christmas is very soon, but I will extend it by one day. If people go and order it, to, if you listen to this podcast, Thursday. And if you order it by Thursday at, I'll say, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, because I'm going to be out by about 3 o'clock, something like that, it'll give us a couple of hours to pack them up. If it's, in order, if it's in stock and you order it by 1 o'clock on Thursday, we'll get it to you before Christmas. And I said, there's some good bits and pieces there. So go and have a look. Besotted.com, order it up. Some, you know, some... Seems like Brentford, there's some sort of, you've got some new B ones. There's this new B one that we've got, little B on the blazer on the chest, you know, stuff like that. So have a look at that, which is all good. But listen, Laney, you talked about Bar Humbug a little bit earlier. We're talking about the Christmas party here and people trying to enjoy themselves. And uh, Christmas is a time of cheer. But, but sometimes it, it doesn't quite go according to plan. Is that right? There's always there's always one person that won't really enter into the spirit of it, and uh, or as we saw on Saturday, there was probably six or seven thousand people that really didn't want to enter into the spirit of it. Poor old poor old Peter Gillum and the, and the old halftime carol singers, they really did try and sprinkle some Christmas um, wonder on on Griffin Park, and. Uh, they, the, the singing, the carols were great, and then they did the, did the Hey Jude at the end. And then all of a sudden, they, they tried to include like the crowd, and the crowd just weren't having any of it at all. And uh, you know, it, it did make me think, like, like really, just for Christmas, just this, like, just once. I know we don't actually ask to be entertained at halftime, and most people are queuing up for an hour just to try and get a, anything to eat or, a, or have, a, have a slash. But, um, you know, I, I really I felt for Peter on Saturday. He was struggling, and I think he, he almost got quite angry at one stage <laughs> and started shouting the, shouting the words to it. What was going through his head was different to what was coming out of his mouth. Um, the Allard, is there anything that's ever happened to you that was either, like, bar humbug or was, like, inappropriate? at Christmas so um, yeah um, I think it was only a couple of years ago now um, I was we were out for I think it was Christmas Eve a few of us were out for Christmas dinner at this um, uh, pizza restaurant um, in Richmond and you know we had a, we had a nice dinner and that, they, but they, got, they had free crack Christmas crackers on the table um, and um, we all did the pulling of the Christmas crackers. They, but, you know, they they weren't the, the smartest Christmas crackers. But if, if I'm right, there was um, there was a joke and a trivia question in the crackers. And the trivia question in the one I had was, which Radio One DJ has run, I think, something like 50 marathons? So obviously the answer is Jimmy Savile. 
Um, but it appeared to me these, these Christmas crackers were, you could probably date them to at least 10 years old. And, and I wondered how many, you know, how many Christmas crackers this, this venue had brought and we were still using every year. It, it, was, it, was, it was a little bit bizarre. It's funny you should say that as well because I'm, I'm harking back to last year and um, I mean, remember we all got invited around to Liberal Nick's house for, for a Christmas dinner. It was like oh, yeah. a pre-Christmas oh, yeah. dinner. Oh, yeah, 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 it was quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Saying. And um, we came down there and we thought, let's have a little bit of tucker. You know, we can order a takeaway or like that. But Liberal Nick had it all sussed down. And he'd ordered a, a goose, apparently, from Fortnum and Mason. Right? And we're like, what? We're like, what are you talking about? Right? And uh, basically... We're sitting there waiting, and this goose didn't turn up, right, from Fortnum and Nation. So he's on the phone. Oh, my God, I can't believe my goose hasn't turned up. So we ended up ordering curry. Well, from the, but- the, butler, the butler ordered it. <laughs> we ended up calling a curry, a, a, a chicken curry from it, and uh, the Liberal refused to eat it because the fact is that he just said, listen, I'm, if it's not goose, I'm not eating anything at all. I mean, that was, that was a bit bar humble, don't you think? Yeah, it was, but you like that, you know. But he had his agar, agar was all boiled up and everything. It was waiting to go, and he, he got goose fat, and yeah, he's 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 a, he's a traditional traditional liberal, his old Nick. Do you think that's the reason why he left London? Because uh, you know, I mean, goose ordering wasn't wasn't the same as it used to be. I think the, I think there was a, like an exclusion order on liberals. Like there was like a like a, like a an, yeah exclusion mileage. I think you can't be within a hundred miles of London if you're a liberal now. Indeed. So listen. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to Christmas. We'll come back to humbugs. We'll talk about our vibes and feeling Christmassy. But let's go back to last Saturday. We, we were we trying to be feel a bit Christmassy because they had all sorts of carol singing going on. They had rapping over the carol singing. They had all sorts going on. Then Barnsley came down. Barnsley, a team who couldn't score or win for Toffee. It was a dead cert game for Brentford. We were bound to win. But hey, this is Brentford, isn't it? And unfortunately, we didn't win. We didn't score, we didn't lose, we didn't do anything. It was pretty rubbish, really. But let's go back to the pub, listen to the fans to hear what they had to say after the game. That was a poor performance today. I mean, you know, things obviously not going right for Malpe, which is uh, a shame to see. Um, sooner we get somebody like the Condes in, the better. Uh, we really didn't look like scoring a goal. It was a pretty flat performance from the Bees and not really the Christmas present that we wanted today. But it was an exciting finish, good first half. Disappointed after that break, and, you know, in the second half. Just like the Derby and the Burton game, they just blocked us and we, we weren't creative enough. Watkins was wonderful, all the efforts he made throughout the game, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, you could see they came set themselves up for a point. I mean, they hung back in the first half. You could see the possession, the chances we had and the possession they had. They were clearly looking out for a point. We should have got a goal in the first half, but we didn't. I don't think we created anything really clear-cut. That's the problem. And then, we let, as we do every game almost, we let the other team come back on us, and so we're sweating it a bit. Barnsley come back, have a few chances... And then at the end, we're trying to defend corners where we can lose all the points. And coming back right at the last few minutes, it's a little bit, you know, too little, too late. I think, you know, something sharp in the middle. Again, there are times when you want them to actually, does someone have a go, have a shot, instead of passing it around, passing it around, have a go. We're just not quite doing it yet, you know. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried because we're mid-table and we're holding our own. And, uh, you know, Birmingham are bottom now, so that's good. So, yeah, Marconi's is coming, and um, look up for that in the new year. 
apart from Forest, we are unbeaten at home. So we're not doing too badly. We haven't lost a game since we lost to Forest. So I like to see the positives in something bad. And that's a positive to me. So, you know. It, it looked like one of these games are who wants, to, who wants to lose the least rather than who wants to win. It, it seemed like both teams had their Christmas party last night. And uh, I don't know, it was, it was lack of spark all round. Barnsley were very happy with the draw. We didn't have to get going. The fans didn't get going. And, uh, I think this one will be forgettable, I'm afraid. Poor game. Tippy tappy, 70% of the possession, nothing in the last third of the pitch. And I'm afraid it's becoming an ongoing situation for me. We just don't seem to want to score goals. And of course we want to, but. We don't have the players to do it, or at the moment, we don't have the tactics to do it. For me, we really lack a real hold-up player at the front of the pitch. Nobody that can hold the ball and bring those creative players from attacking players from midfield into the game. The, the ball never held up up front, so therefore we never really created any chances. With one or two exceptions, their goalkeeper never had a save to make in 90 minutes. And this is a team who'd lost five on the bounce. Oh, we just, I thought we were OK. I thought we had a lot of possession. I thought we were just missing any kind of magic. There was no, no real venomous shots on target. Um, we, we bossed the game. Barnsley, give them, give them their credit. They come looking for a point. They got it. Um, I can't blame them for being negative. They defended pretty much the whole of the second half and wasted time. Um, they didn't really, they didn't exactly park the bus, but you know, we we had we had no real um, magic, and, and that's you know that's the one word that was missing today. That little bit extra. All the players put in a shift. Um, I thought more pay was poor. Um, I thought the, the person that supposedly never gives the ball away gave the ball away all the time. I thought McEachran, he had a start and he was he was wasn't good. Um, but he's capable of unlocking, but he just didn't. Um, so there's a few sub-par performances by a couple of players that we rely on. Um, so we, we just we need a bit of an injection there. And I think, you know, Marcondes and Judgey coming back might give us that little bit of extra quality. I don't think we're... We're not lacking in any department today. It was just that we didn't really create enough in, 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 the, in, the, in the last third. Um, we looked OK at the back, um, but they, they, they didn't really threaten much, let's be honest. So, yeah, it was just a, just a, a bog-standard nil-nil. So we could have carried on playing for a couple more days. I don't think we would have scored. And that's not a, it's not a knock on them. I think um, I think they they tried hard today, but again, it just it just there wasn't the spark. Barnsley came, and they did exactly what they came to do at Brentford. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. They frustrated us, and they got the point. And they were very happy for the point. We were chatting to our boy Mark from the West End Bog. So wasn't at the game, but we were in constant contact with him. And he thought they were going to get smashed. He said to me before the game, we're going to get smashed to pieces. And he said in the end, we would have taken that all day long. That one point would take that all day long because it's stopped the rot. And again, you know, maybe Brentford have kick-started Barnsley's season. Happens quite a lot down at Griffin Park. Happens a lot with Brentford. You know, Derby came down there, they were rotten. And look at them now, they're in the top four, I think it is. But hey-ho, that's the way it goes. Barnsley, frustrating day all around the Allard. Yes, um, 
I didn't. If I'm honest, I kind of thought that actually the first 45 minutes, I thought we were really, really good. Um, I thought, you know, we we created plenty. Um, we had opportunities to score. Um, Mope didn't put put the ball in the back of the net when he could have. I think he might have got in the way of one or two as well. Um, so I, actually, I thought I thought we were good in the first half. Uh, the thing was, I think in the second half we sort of reverted to to almost playing a a brand of football that um, we've seen us play quite a bit recently where we just basically ran out of ideas and and do you know what it's kind of funny because what I heard what I hear what I heard a lot of people saying was oh get the ball in there get the ball in there cross it get it out wide cross it and that's exactly what we did do and you know surprise surprise we we don't feed off that they're not the sort of goals we score um, we score goals that are generally created um, and you know scored from a different from different positions and, and I thought we almost played to our weaknesses rather than to our strengths in the second half and um, and I thought you know I, I I think we maybe lacked a little bit for not having much on the bench that could that, that could have changed the game but you know what I, I, I would have considered sort of changing it and even um, maybe putting Sawyers up front um, and then bringing Yossasun on and putting Watkins in the middle and then having Yossasun um, Yossasun Watkins and Canos all sort of basically playing behind a false nine or whatever you want to call it and having a bit you know having the, all this pace running at Barnsley and trying to tear them apart a little bit more but I think we just reverted to type and it just became a bit bland in the end and um, Barnsley could have won it or, you know there were times in that second half they had 10 minutes where I thought we almost went into panic mode as if we almost if we were 1-0 up and we went into that sort of panic mode and, and, and it's interesting you mentioned the word bland because we'll be uh, we'll talk about bland, which is Ben Bland, which is one of our my Hong Kong bees contacts who's out there who, who, who knows quite a lot of what's going down in Barnsley. But we'll come back to that, Laney. Yeah, I think it's, it's similar in a kind of way to the to the um, Burton game. We, you know, in, in so much as there was two teams that came down there with a very fixed game plan and. They, they came down there to spoil, really. and they, well, they came down there not to lose. I, mean, I won't say spoil, but the difference is that Barnsley are a much better team than Burton. Um, so they, they were always capable of threatening, and, you know, and, 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 they, and they, were, they were equipped to do us if, if we switched off totally. We didn't do that, thankfully. Um, we, didn't, we didn't concede, which was you know, the, the plus point. But... We, 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 you know, and as I said in the package, we didn't, we, we didn't have the magic. It was, it was the, the that extra ingredient that was required. And you know, I agree with Matt that possibly we could have shuffled the front, you know, maybe, you know, the front, the, the forwards, and maybe put Ollie Watkins in a more central role. But I will remind you, the week before, you said it was clever that they didn't put him up top and no, no. they kept him out wide. I didn't mean put him up top. I, I was going to say play play free behind the front man. So move Sawyer's further up, and then give Sawyer's the ball and give Sawyer sorry give Watkins the ball more in the middle of the pitch so he could run at them. So you basically had Canos, Watkins, and um, Yossasun, all three of them being able to run at them. I just thought it might give them something different to think about because actually the two players getting wide and then banging crosses in that just weren't working. You know, let's, let's be really honest. The two players that I was really most disappointed with, I guess, on Saturday, was um, you know Morpay and um, um, Chelsea guy. Oh. Yeah, the two. You know, as I said, the two the two players, McEachran. You know, I thought McEachran and Morpay 
they they should have provided a lot more. They were both on for you know pretty much the whole game, and um, they didn't really. They kept giving the ball away, so it was very very difficult. The, the ball didn't stick. We, we gave we gave possession away too cheaply. Um, we we didn't use the width. And then when when Flojo came on, he didn't really get behind the you know his marker. He didn't get behind the fullback. And you know I just think we 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 struggled. And like there was one I've forgotten who it was, but someone took a shot and the and the keeper made a really great save. Um, we kind of flicked it just wide. That was probably the closest we came in the second half. Um, we didn't threaten anything in the air. Bielen came forward for a couple of corners. Um, didn't even, didn't even reach him. So yeah, it was just a frustrating afternoon where we needed a bit of magic and no one was there to provide it. Yeah, I think the the, the Mope situation is is getting more and more sort of um, we're coming to a point where we need to um, we we need him to get some confidence. I'm not sure how he's going to get it because he's playing at the moment like he knows what he wants to do, but his feet won't do it. Um, I just don't think there's anything coming naturally for him. There was a ball over his, that came over his shoulder. Um, I think if we go back to the QPR game, the cup game, when he just basically smashed it, he would have just swung his foot and smashed it. He tried to control it, and, um, and he failed to control it, and there was another chance gone, and I think that kind of sums it up. I don't think anything's coming naturally to him. Do you think this is all because of the, the Cardiff miss? I, 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 think it's, I think he may already have been in a confidence... I think he may have already been struggling a bit, and that, and the Cardiff miss probably um, was a culmination of that. And now you're in a point of how do you get him out of it? I mean, you know, in, if, if you're if, if you're 20 years ago and you're in a lower league, you send him on loan somewhere and get him to bang the goals in for a month. Um, but it doesn't work that way anymore. So I'm, you know, do, does he play in the B team? I, I don't really know. But we need to find a way to get him to score goals. I'm not writing him off yet, um, but it's. Um, He's definitely at a crossroads at the moment. That's what I was going to say, Bill. Do you, do you think, you know, do you think the B team will be seen as punishment for more pay, or do you think the B team should be used as a way of getting him back and getting his confidence um, where it should be? Because, you know, let's be honest, he's, he's not a bad player, but he's in a bit of bad form. Well, it's interesting because obviously Malpe is on the bench where he's playing for Brentford because we are seen as being a bit, you know, seen a bit, a bit short. So he's always there or thereabouts. We've always used the B team um, to, to, to bring players in, say for example, if they're injured and they need to come back. So when Canos was injured, then he came back, came through the B team. Um, you know, when other players are injured, they come back, they come through the B team. But with Malpe, it's like in that area, we're still slightly, sorry, of slacking. I mean, we know Shaibu needs the experience and all, but Malpe is still seen as these Shibu probably. Injured. Well, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure what's going on, but again, he's like. I think Malpe has been seen as the second striker. Vibe is number one. Um, um, Malpe is number two. So the and, fact is and that Soares is number three. Yeah. So the fact is that if you put um, uh, Malpe into the B team, all of a sudden he's not available. But the argument is that I think with the B team, um, it's a, it's 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 a great opportunity for players to do what they have to do, and you get your confidence up. It's right. I mean, we played Man City the other day. We beat Man City. And if Malpe went in there, we would have done... Oh, actually, no, we should have beaten Man City. Sorry, it was a QPR scenario, wasn't it? We were 2-0 up until the 88th minute or something like that, and we let in two goals at the last minute. But in principle, we beat them because that, you know, those last two minutes don't count. So anyway, so like we beat Man City sort of for the B team, and he could have gone in there and done it. But I think there's a worry, if you think about it, that we're worried about the fact that when we play cup games, and we don't want our players to play too many matches, 
So what we do is that we change the team for a cup game because we want to give them a rest. There must be the same kind of thread going through for the B team where they think we can't play for the B team on a Tuesday and for the main team on a Saturday. I, I don't know. But isn't this like the joy of the B team because we're not in a strict like league where you, you know we, literally we can set up a friendly against like anyone. So the B team could technically play like us on a Thursday afternoon. Mulpay could score like a hundred goals against you, Bill. It'll be it'll be straight, you know, spilly the bee as we used to call you when you used to play in goal. And um, yes, I used to think a lot. I used to think a lot when I was in goal. Uh, do you think? Do you think? Do you think scoring a few goals against Spilly the Bee would get his confidence back? <laughs> oh yeah, I reckon he'd be bang up for it. Yeah, yeah. everyone knows my reputation. To be honest, you, I might have been Spilly, but I did pull off a few wonder saves every now and again. When? So listen, listen. See, obviously Alzheimer's is set in early, Dave. So anyway, this podcast will be coming to an end very soon. But look. Barnsley there's one thing that we say and I know we've been saying it a lot we've banged on about it and some people do but some people do like it but we have to just sort of mention this one time as they say Barnsley ironically we were at the Novotel on Saturday as we said Saturday morning so we got up like I said talked to a lot of, a lot of the Beast players where they're going there Ollie Watkins chatted to him chatted to Barbe all very very nice all of a sudden we saw a character walking around in an OGC Nice top and there's a few other people turning around and a couple of people sort of oh OGC Nice what's going on there and I've explained to them with the knowledge that we have oh OGC Nice are um, involved in the consortium that is looking to buy Barnsley very soon so uh, obviously it's just down the road they're in town and maybe there's some more chatting to be done obviously little did we know that you know they're obviously in town to actually finish the deal on the Monday so they came to the Brentford on the Saturday. They thought, thank you very much. We like this very, very much. The Sunday they probably had... Uh, well, they, the Barnsley manager was in the hotel. Yeah, Heckenbottom as well was in the hotel as well. There, then OG Neesman was in the hotel, a couple of agents. They're all there, you know what I'm saying? So it was all kicking off in Brentford on the Saturday and the Sunday. And then by the Monday, they obviously did the deal and then they announced it. And then, boom, Barnsley are now owned by a Chinese consortium ironically the Chinese consortium that looked at Brentford probably about six months ago which we talked about in our podcast um, quite exclusively um, when I went over to the Far East and I spoke to Chinese Gary who was telling us the scenario and I was also talking to all our other characters as well including Ben Bland from the Financial Times who knew a lot what was going down in the Far East so I went out for a few beers with him when I was in Hong Kong as you do and uh, he was giving us the lowdown and he was just saying listen these guys are very very serious they've talked to Brentford but they're talking to other people and obviously they've talked to other people and they've talked to Barnsley and we put a little tweet out today which is a little bit of a joke which just goes on a little bit of theme that Louis said ironically now obviously Barnsley have got Chinese consortium with lots of money thrown in just like Walls and West Brom and <laughs> Birmingham okay probably didn't quite work out Birmingham you know and Villa we said the brand new Chinese consortium has now been ratified and we can now presume that, as we say, teams like Barnsley will now be expecting to beat teams like Brentford from here on in. And it's the whole joke about it because, like, basically, you know, Barnsley aren't the same anymore. They've got money. They've got money in the pot now and from this Chinese consortium. And at the end of the day, they can't be doing the teams like Barnsley thing, as we say, because the thing about it is that within a season or two, you know they're going to be getting lots of money. OGC Nice, who is another company that this Chinese um, another club that the Chinese consortium put their money into they were 
fair to middling. Remember, they played us in a friendly a few seasons ago. We thought, let's get Nice in. Their fans came down there, right? And now OGC Nice haven't looked at the latest table, but I think they were first or second. They're properly right up there in, in, in France. They've put the money in. And, you know, technically, if things go right, that should be the same thing that happened to Barnsley. So, in principle, financially, they're going to be leagues ahead of Brentford. Don't you think that this is a very interesting scenario, Laney? Yeah, no, of course it's interesting. You know, it's um, you know, will will we regret not accepting or kind of um, um, making the deal come to fruition? Who knows? Um, do we really want Chinese owners? I I, I personally don't. Um, I think you know our, our our identity is at at risk of being completely really kiboshed. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're our concerns about how how do we how do we make the move from Griffin Park to Lionel Road without sort of diluting who we really are, let alone selling selling the club to people that don't really understand or probably care too much about our heritage and our history. You know, it's all about taking us on and transforming us. You know, um, we'll become you know the last thing that's on their mind. It's all about getting to. Um, the next level um, and that's not to say that we're not ambitious it's just that you know you've got to be careful what you wish for and I think it's very much you know I, I, I think that serendipity plays a huge part in this and I, I think like let 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 Barnsley have their moment you know the, the circumstances are very different to ours we heard last week on the podcast that the Barnsley um, owner you know, he's got some terrible um, terminal illness. You know, it's horrendous. You know, God, you know, I wish him, wish him the very best. But and his family didn't want to take over the club. So the situation is very, is markedly different to the Brentford one. The Brentford one is you've got, you know, a, a fairly young, fairly um, energetic owner who's very, very ambitious, um, who needs probably some help um, in the, in the, you know, in the financing and the funding of the club. Um, compared to someone who's got, you know, got very limited time, and he wants to pass, pass some, inher- you know, almost like an inheritance that's uh, is almost a curse on. So, you know, it, it's very, it's very, very different. But I, I, you know, I'm honest with you. We're in a very different situation geographically to Barnsley as well. I think we we will, you know, all the time that we are um, more and more established, established ourselves as a Championship club we will become um, more and more attractive. So if, if Matthew Benham wants, wants like, um, help financially, I don't, I don't think this consortium will necessarily be the last. Again, and I'm going to come to the Allard in a minute, but it's an interesting scenario. And just to sort of kind of clarify exactly what the deal is, and like I said to you, we'll be talking to our man Ben Bland, who is the, one of our um, Far Eastern um, sources and correspondents. He works for the Financial Times, and he's been well and truly involved in this deal and all the deals with uh, the Chans, as it is, who's been going around. And he said that they looked at about four or five different clubs, including Brentford. Um, apparently, the deal to, um, to 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 participate in Brentford was 30 million uh, for them to take a 50% share of Brentford. Okay, so they weren't going to get all of Brentford. So basically, I think Matt, Matt Benham wanted to be very much involved in the B. So he said, "Listen, if you want to play ball, you come with us, and it's 50%." And so that was it, 30 million, and you'll get 50% of it. He's gone to Barnsley, and apparently it's cost them about 10 million. Uh, the, the deal we thought initially was to take over the club for get 100%, but apparently the 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 the, the initial the, the the party 
um, who own it at the moment now, it's actually still retained 20%. So it looks like the new consortium have taken 80%. It's got some about 10 million to take 80%. So that's quite an interesting scenario. And it goes to show you how, how the two teams have pitched themselves. And um, we talk, we've been talking about this a little bit because I think I must admit, obviously we love our club. We love the fact that we've got a Brentford owner who is involved in the club. We also do realise the fact that he's put a shed load of money into the club. You know, some people might say, oh, yeah, well, he has put more, more, more. But, you know, I'm not being funny, mate. You know, you know what it's like if you own a business, if you're self-employed, I'm self-employed, you're self-employed, you own a business, you could do a certain amount of things. Then after a period of time, you've set your limits. So you think, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm not going to do. And then you actually make a decision as to how you will reach out. And obviously, Matt Benner might think, Tilly, I'll carry on doing what I'm going to do. But if somebody wants to get involved and work together with me, I will do. But this, these are the terms. Now, to me, I would have been very, very nervous if I was in a Barney scenario where somebody said, I'm going to be a majority shareholder or I'm going to take over the club. The fact that Benham says, I'm still going to be involved, makes me think, OK, we'll still retain our identity. We're not going to have a Cardiff scenario or a Hull scenario. We're still going to have particular things that are very important to us. And um, I must be honest, even though it's probably not my money, when we heard that the Chinese had moved elsewhere, I was almost like a little bit relieved. Even you sort of think, tell you something, in one way, you think you'd like to have you know, like a little bit of firepower to take on Birmingham City or take on Aston Villa. But on the other side, I still quite like it as we are, as Brentford. We're still quite real. We're still trying to do the right thing. Um, and we're still competing, even though we've got less money than the people, but we're still competing against them. But I wonder, you look at this, you've got this Chinese consortium who took over OGC Nice and Nice are flying now. And in principle, if they do it right, I mean, they've got their, um, they've got the analytics coming in. They've got this guy called Nirav Parekh, who maybe Phil Giles and, and, and Matt Benham know who he is. He's apparently some artificial intelligence and analytics bloke. So he's coming in. So they're throwing that into the pot at Barnsley as well. So they're like properly going in. And also Billy Bean who did the Moneyball um, um, film and he did the Moneyball in baseball. Apparently he's getting involved in Barnsley as well, so they're tucking right in as well. So it's almost like there's going to be a bit of a power struggle going on here. But they've got more money than us, so if we're going for a player who's worth a million pounds and they've got a play player, you know, they can compete against that, but they can go for the player worth three million pounds and four million pounds. And the question I'm asking here, because I'm going on a little bit on here, is that... When is it going to get to the stage where more and more teams have got these people with money in there and Brentford end up being pretty much the burden of the championship? Um, be careful what you wish for is the first thing that I'll say. Um, I, I hear you. Um, but at the same point, if you look at the bottom of, that, of the league now, um, Birmingham City are down there too. And um, they are flush with money and they've spent a fortune and they're still badly run um, I still think that there's a that there's a place for a well run club with an element of sort of financial uh, resource um, it, it's entirely possible that you know we'll I mean I, I don't think I think we have to be realistic and, I, and I'm not sure we always are 
you know, I'm sure we sit in the bottom third of the league in terms of wages and and and, and transfer fees and stuff like that. Um, you might want to correct me, but I'm, I, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, just because you spend twice as much money on players and twice as much money on wages, and I go back to Birmingham again, does not guarantee that you will be um, shooting in the top six. No, but look at Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's a different scenario yeah, altogether. But, but it's taken plenty of time and plenty of money for them to get to that position. Um, this is their third or fourth go at this, um, and they've been pretty hopeless at every other at every other um, point. So you know, yes, we, we probably do need it ultimately to compete into the top six, um, but you know, but it could go the other way. And and I think from, my general feeling is is that is that Matthew Benham um, will want to keep enough control of the club that things fundamentally won't change that much and that also may mean that all of this money that is supposedly you know flush and available won't necessarily come to our club um, but, but I still think potentially as long as we make the right decisions we can hold our own to some extent I'm just not as sort of convinced that it is as easy to break the top six as maybe I did 18 months ago 24 months ago um, I, you know, I'm, but I'm kind of happy with with the way things are. And um, is it is is it worth the risk? Do you want to lose that identity? I'm not so sure. I, you know, I I think you've got to be very very careful here. And although this stadium move is very important and to some extent um, may set us on our road in the next 20 years or whatever, um, actually finances coming into the club and a change of ownership or control is probably in some respects more important and that's interesting as well because you talk about the stadium move I just want to say as well and again this has come from our man Ben Bland from the um, from Hong Kong who's very much in touch with these guys and he said that um, um, that probably a couple of reasons why that they did not go for the Brentford deal uh, the, the, the money they've they felt that um, with 30 million good deal or a bad deal you, you, you never know but I think that you know, maybe they saw the Barnsley deal at 10 million was probably more in keeping with where they are but also there's another interesting thing as well and like I said to you this is coming from one of our sources out there they they found that the the, the rejigging of the stadium where the, resta- the, the stadium was actually not going to be as grand as they thought initially they, they that was a bit of a concern to them as well which was interesting and the re- we were chatting about this a little bit earlier and we think that apparently this company is a hospitality company so maybe Maybe, you know, that they had these ideas of maybe bringing people over and from China and doing tours and hospitality and stuff like that. And they were actually kind of looking at it, some sort of a Old Trafford type situation, you know, which did, wasn't in keeping with where Brentford are at the moment now. But that was interesting as to how that's affected, you know, may, may or, or may not have affected the deal. I don't want to diss Barnsley, but um, the, the tours of Barnsley will be, you know, <laughs> will be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, which is which is good. Listen, and also, and I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not having a go, but I, I, I suspect that okay, we may have lost a few seats in the ground and stuff like that, but the allure of bringing people to London surely um, is slightly different so anyway but listen as well tell you something if you want to have a, uh, a read about this as well see what else is going on check out our mates West End Bogs on Twitter as well W-E-S-T-S-T-A-N-D-B-O-G-S they're brilliant they're very very funny and they're actually very torn as well because we know them because they're proper football lads they're properly into it lads and lasses um, and when we spoke to them six months ago and they and you know they said there's a Chinese people coming in for it and we said it's the same people into us we exchange a bit of information they talked to our guy in Hong Kong and uh, they said to us that 
messaged us a couple of days ago it's finally going to happen and they're very torn about it because they love their real football but also they know they need to move on um, they're into this whole analytics but it's just very interesting to look at their timeline because it's, it's really really funny they're talking about you know jokingly signing Neymar maybe in, in, a, in a couple of weeks time and, and all sorts of stuff very jokingly Barnsley because like you know they still kind of at the moment know where they stand Laney uh, I mean it's very difficult I mean are they really going to kind of try and it looks like they're really going to try and replicate what's what's happening at Brentford and it's very very difficult to do if it's not organic if it if it's not if it's not like if you haven't got like the raw ingredients you can't really copy the cake completely I don't think and you know yeah you know you got the you got the famous moneyball man he's only on a commission he's only they're going to pay him they're going to pay him so so much money that he can't he'd be stupid to say no to it he can't is he really going to take barn you know we'll we'll see we'll see but you know I, I have to say as well you know when we talk about are Brentford going to be left behind but if if everyone is given a billion pounds of Chinese money all the money's going to go to the players and there's still someone's going to be bottom of the second division you know like they can't they can't all have success so it's how clever you are and as Matt said you know it's having a, the, the best thing the, the only important thing really is having a well run club where the recruitment and the um, intelligence and the and the and the and the and the vision and the way that you scout players is is pin sharp and you know we need to keep out the team together that are making it a success that's probably that's probably the most important thing then yeah of course you might need to scale it up but then that's when you do look to, to bring in extra money but you know really chuck just chucking a, a, a billion or like chucking 20 30 million quid at our club won't necessarily make much of a difference i think you know if you're if you're looking for looking to buy into a club you know as you said, you know, for 30 million quid you get 50% of Brentford, for 10 million quid you get 80% of Barnsley. You know, that's almost like a property deal as well because it's what it's what the it's what the grounds worth, it's what the it's what the, the areas worth, and he's probably chosen. It's probably it's, it's, it's a pump. It's a pump. You know, it's less of a gamble for the Chinese to buy Barnsley. And it's interesting. I'm going back to the West End Bulls. If you just check their Twitter, um, their Twitter as well, um, they've been live tweeting the press conference between the Chinese consortium going to Barnsley and selling in their uh, their ideals and stuff like that. And obviously, there's a there's a woman who's just telling them exactly why they've bought into Barnsley. Um, tweet here says, "You could see all the British culture in Barnsley." And then uh, the West End Bulls go took us straight to Chennels for a steak Canadian and half a Johns. You know what I'm saying? And what else do they say? Um, they're coming up with things like, we want to enhance the fan experience and the internationalisation of the club, which are things which, um, you know, if you look at the Fulhamisation, all these things we say, yeah, starts to worry you because it's all of a sudden they're saying these things. We understand what you're talking about, but it's almost already it's like, we don't really understand what your club's about yearly, but we're already wanting to take them into China and to Taiwan and places that they don't know, which is, sounds really great, but it's almost like this whole thing about identity. Do you start losing your identity? Do somebody who doesn't understand what it's all about start doing and tinkering with things with your club? The new era, you know, and and, and stuff like that. <laughs> and, and and of course, the West End Bulls, well, they're celebrating the fact they said, you know, they've got this big, oh, this huge rally cry on the press conference and they said it'd be absolutely class when we bring in a whole of, load of free transfers in January from the Conference North. So anyway, they're still trying to keep it real. 
and realising there's money in there, but they're still trying to keep it all Barnsley. But look, we're not we're not missing them because at the end of the day, to be honest with you, better happen to Barnsley than other teams because like they're they're a good bunch of lads down there. And let's just see how it goes. But it's just interesting for Brentford because we're in a bit of a we're a bit of flux. We, we obviously know the club has been looking. They looked at these this this Chinese consortium and, and they're probably looking at other places. Is it a good thing or a bad thing for Brentford? Obviously, with Brentford, they want to try and keep a certain amount of control, which is good for the fans. We're not going to have a, a Cardiff scenario. We don't want to have a whole scenario. But I suppose that's the difficulty, because when you're, if somebody's going to give over £30 million, they'll be going, look, I'm not being funny, mate, but, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think it, you, you're looking for somebody that wants to come and sort of almost share in the success rather than, you know, be the be the, the, the guides to success and uh, we've we just seen it so many t- we've, we've seen it enough with enough clubs where money has come in people who are running football clubs they think they know how to run football clubs they're disconnected to the fans um, you can quickly name three clubs at the moment that have sort of massive disconnects to the fans um, you know Cardiff is still sitting that way you can see it at Hull um, and I guess you know I guess you can say something similar for Blackburn um, and it and it and it's, it, it's, it's, it's ultimately not what, what, what I want from, from Brentford. Um, maybe in the short term it would get people excited. Maybe you would start thinking that you're going to make these massive signings. But I just think that we, we, you know, we do things really well at the moment. Um, and um, you, know, we're, we're, uh, you know, I would say that in terms of players, in terms of um, you know, coaching, in terms of the team we put out there, we're sort of 85% as shall we say as effective as we can be um, based on the budget we have we may even be over you know well, we're clearly overachieving but but I, I, I I'm just sort of it just makes me really nervous all this stuff and um, good luck to Barnsley I hope they keep their identity and good luck with internationalisation um, ultimately you know the decisions aren't going to ever be down to us the decisions are always going to be down to the person that's put 100 million quid of his own money into it and that's not to say that you know we we can't we can't sort of like have an opinion on whether we want to be part owned by an international consortium but i i'm just kind of heartened i guess or or kind of um I'm kind of uh, relieved or I'm kind of comforted comforted to a certain extent but the, the person that's running our club at the moment isn't prone to be making awful decisions fundamentally so if he's happy to like to walk away or not to sign a deal with this consortium then you know it's not got to be right for him and probably not right for our club um, whether or not it, in hindsight we'll look back and this will be a you know, this would be a you know a moment we 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 might regret. Who knows? Right, like history, history will show it one way or the other as as, as being um, a good decision or a bad decision, and it will be based solely on Barnsley's success. But you know, I, I still think there'll be other clubs that are going to come along. Probably more so when the stadium's near and nearer completion. You know, Griffin Park probably isn't as much as we love it. It's probably not a great magnet for big money. Maybe Lionel Road is. Only time will tell. So last Friday, Besotted had their Christmas bees up at the brewery. Wicked night. We had Kev O'Connor there. We had big Bob Taylor there. And we also had Marcus Gale. And uh, it was a great night. And first of all, I have to say, do the old tip of the hat to Fullers. Fullers, right? 
we did it last year and we you know we tried it out with them we cut a little deal with them and they've been wicked to us they've, they've really really worked together with us as besotted and they said Brentford fans we'll tip our hat to them as well so they gave it to us last year and everyone had a really good time and we were really hoping that we'll do the, the event again tonight you know it took us a bit of a while to, to, to sort out the deal with Villas but they've been absolutely brilliant they've bent over backwards for us and eventually like I said to you about a month ago we sorted it all out and we came back to the Hock Cellar, which we were very happy with. And the one thing I'll say to you about the Hock Cellar at the Fuller's Brewery, it's not like a general party venue. It's not like you walk in there and you go, excuse me, I'd like to hire this place out. It doesn't happen like that. Very, very, very rare for them to have events in that place. And the fact that they've actually allowed Brentford fans in, you know you know what people's views are of football fans. Oh, football fans, oh, they're going to go and cause trouble and smash the place up. Nothing like that. We did the event last year, but with the manners that was in place... They've tipped their head to us again and they said, Brentford fans, we welcome you with open arms. And they were wicked. All the staff were great. The fullest people were great, you know, and they gave us a really great deal. We had an open bar for the duration of the event in the hot cellar before we moved over to the pub next door. And, um, you know, everyone was very happy. No one absolutely, you know, took the pee. You know, you, 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 you have manners. You know, you've got an open bar, so you sit down there and you, you just use it to append your evening and, and enjoy your evening and it was absolutely fantastic and like I see there was all sorts of brews that were there that weren't even on sale you know and it's interesting as well because the hot sellers turn almost like into a little museum so we were a little bit nervous because we thought these fans you've got manners but we just wanted to make sure that they would respect it and absolute respect was on show there we walked in everyone looked around sort of kind of the, the fullest history um, museum and stuff like that and it was great and uh, we had a good time but listen you know, we've got Bob Taylor, who is there, and Bob Taylor Robert. had a Robert, sorry, Robert Taylor. He had a he had a lot to say, and there's one interesting story that he had and he told about Dave Webb, who is his the manager who signed him. And uh, as we've talked to a lot of the players, Dave Webb was an interesting character. They've talked about his dark side, his rough side, but Robert or Bob is going to talk about Dave Webb's patchy side because we found this very. Very funny. Did, did 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 Brentford allow you to to, to you know to improve? You know? Put, it, put, it, put it this way. <laughs> put it put it this way. Playing under David Webb, you've got to improve. Trust me, you have to improve. Um, because if you don't improve, then you, your, your bollocks would be up in your bloody throat somewhere. Um, what was he like, Webby? Gun. Be honest now. He's not, honestly, he's not. He's not listening. He hasn't got his. He hasn't got the craze. I'll tell you why. It might pop up did. somewhere. Let me believe me. You yeah, will do. You know that as well. Um, he's um, uh, a nice character. <laughs> the boys were scared of him. To be honest with you, um, we were. Um, you know, he'd come in the dressing room at half time before losing the game. He'd spit on the floor for about ten minutes before he said anything. <laughs> and then he'll go for a piss. He'll go for a piss, right? And come back, and he had a grey suit on. And he'll come back and start talking to us, and all the boys started laughing. He had a massive wet patch. <laughs> <laughs> Webby's wet patch, yeah? yeah? We're wet patch. The old suit trousers come across the mouth, and everyone's got that behind them. <laughs> it's just so funny. And, um, you know, and every time everyone goes, when he went to the toilet, it was a patchy, patchy in the dressing room. <laughs> and when he come back, it was a wet patch. <laughs> every time. But um, Lockie used to go, uh, Kevin Locke, who was assistant at the time, He'd go to the toilet and goes, don't you dare say nothing when he comes back. And don't you dare laugh when he comes out of that toilet. <laughs> Every time we did. <laughs> so by the time this podcast goes up, 
There's a little video being going to be flying around, which is uh, it's been put up by Brentford and their sponsors, Leo Vegas. And uh, it's a bit of a strange scenario. Like I said, um, I went down the training ground the other day and uh, they went up to me and said, The Beat, do you fancy uh, presenting a cooking piece that we're doing with a couple of Brentford players? And I was like, well, okay then. Sounds quite interesting. So I tucked in. And basically, I am presenting this sort of kind of, of uh, Tim Lovejoy, but not Tim Lovejoy at all, because he's not there at all. Sort of, yeah, exactly, you know what I'm saying? But some sort of cooking thing where two Brentford players cook some food for myself and Bob the kit man and for the chef, and they're in competition with each other to see who is the best cook. I have to say, it was a really bizarre experience because I've never been involved in anything like this before. I've never presented a thing on this before. You always do a football thing. So to present a sort of cooking programme was a little bit out of a comfort zone. But at the same time, it actually was quite good fun. And I had a good little chat with Lasse Vibe at the time. I had a chat with Andreas Bieland at the time. We talked a lot about the World Cup. We talked about a lot of things, actually, which obviously got cut out because it's only a, a three-minute piece or a two-minute piece. But, yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff, you know. We talked about the QPR game and beating them, the Fulham game and beating them. I was going to throw in something about Birmingham City and ten times better, but I think it might have been lost on them. Either that or it would have definitely hit the cutting room floor. But, yeah, which is all good. But, like I said to you, it's going to be flying around uh, in the next couple of days. And, like I said to you, it's very interesting. And, and Laney, I know you were very... You were very confused by it when you saw what was coming out, didn't you? You, you say you talked about all that, but you also talked about Seabream. Seabream? No, I didn't talk about Seabream at all, no. Um, yeah, I, I, I was slightly confused when I did, I did watch it. I, I thought um, you, you talking to the players about uh, peeling carrots and stuff like that was... Uh, I didn't talk about peeling carrots at all. I talked about rice and peas. Oh, no, you did. And ting. You mentioned ting. Yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, you, you know, you, you, got a, you got a nice little interview out of it as well. Um, but, you know, what did, Allard, what did you think of it? Yeah, it was, um, you know, it, interesting. it was interesting. And, um, you know, I, 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 I suppose it was an attempt to sort of, you know, push the players' boundaries to show they can do it do a bit of cooking I was a bit disappointed they didn't actually bring their own speciality to the table yeah, I, did, I did ask them about their own speciality as well Meat, meatballs I heard well no meatballs it's actually fried pork is the, is the Danish speciality you know and I was going to talk to them about um, the fact that I actually had reindeer it wasn't in Denmark though it was in Norway and I had Denmark the reindeer served up to me which is an interesting dish tastes like chicken all tastes like chicken. And what did the Danes say about the food you ate in Norway? Were they the least bit interested? Well, no, actually, no. We just we just moved we just moved on. You know what I'm saying? As you as you do. Not, um, not but, quite the same place. No, no, no. The thing that I like I said to you, I was most disappointed with, and I did mention it at the time, but obviously that got left on the cutting room floor as well. Is that the one thing about you know being excited about going on to these cooking programs? When I look at it, is that they all sitting around drinking beer at ten o'clock in the morning, beer and wine. And uh, I did ask where the beer and wine was, and I got short shrift, where they said to me, uh, no, actually, this is a football club and we're a professional, and we can't be doing things like that. Um, you're um, doing these kind of, like, um, you know, public information pieces, Bill. You know, um, you know, a couple of suggestions. If they, if they do ask you to do them in the future, a couple of things that I would be really, really quite interested in finding out a little bit more is um, um, I want to know what, if Ryan Woods would help you with some dog grooming and um, 
Romain Sawyers would help you changing an oil filter on a, on a Peugeot 206. Um, and I'd, I'd quite like to see you as a swimming pool attendant <laughs> with, um, with um, Dan Bentley. <laughs> Uh, the swimming room attendant, you know, maybe I can do that. The, 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 the Peugeot 206, uh, car mechanics isn't, well, cooking is, I mean, I do do a bit of cooking, actually. Car mechanics isn't necessarily my skill. Um, and, and why particularly Romain Sawyer's for that one? I just think um, he seems, he, I don't know. I, I just, I would like to see Romain Sawyer's change an oil filter. I think the, 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 the two of us changing an oil filter together could be could be quite interesting in itself. You know what I'm saying? We could probably wreck the car. I just want to see it happen. Do it. The Allard, have you got any suggestions for future, um, future for interesting uh, well, mini documentaries? Well, I was thinking uh, it's a shame um, you know Montel Moore's left now. Otherwise, we, you, you could have done Kickstart with Montel Moore. I think would have been quite good. We could have, uh, being a bike man as well. That, that would have. Been, I mean, to be quite you. Forget about myself. You could have actually presented that one. I guess I could have. Yeah, that yeah, would have been. Yeah, I'd, I'd have been all over that. <laughs> you could have done. And the fact is that I mean, what would it been your words of advice for Montel Moore, who uh, many people might not go out there, but Montel Moore was a Brentford player. who's not at Brentford anymore. Who got basically charged for uh, or stealing bicycles? Or stealing, yeah, my, my advice would be keep going, mate. Keep going. Yeah. So keep running. <laughs> keep keep they, running. They used, to call it, they used to call it touching the dog's ass. Yes, anyway, we'll move on from that. But listen, anyway, you can check it out on, it's on social media. It'll be everywhere like that. No doubt I'm going to be getting all sorts of abuse from characters with my... I, did, I didn't cook, by the way. I was cooked for. I just... Uh, we're in the sort of the food zone, and obviously we haven't done a Christmas party update. We've been very, very lapsed on that. But what I have noticed, what I have noticed of interest of the Bizotted crew is that they have still bought out the plates, of, the plates for the... Um, the, the folks that haven't turned up for dinner tonight and there is a there, there's a cheese plate going there lady can you see that Ooh. a cheese plate i've just clocked it a cheese plate i think we may have to um we may have to rescue that from from it sort of being left and sort of binned. yes being binned basically i think we'll just wait for them to leave and then we will um investigate the cheese plate Excellent. And talking about cheese plates as well, obviously we talked about last week about our cheese experience up at Hull. And if you go into Norwich and you get the Norwich programme as well, I've written a little piece for the Norwich programme, which may include the Brentford cheese experiences, but knowing us, they'll probably actually edit that out of, uh, of the programme. There's going to be a robbery, a bit of skullduggery. Apparently so. So Friday night, the besotted bees up Christmas social in the brewery. Just to let you know, we're all going to put tickets on sale for our next social, which is going to May the 4th. Friday, May the 4th. Just before the last game of the season, you should tuck right into that. It's going to be at our other venue, which is in Ealing, Fuller's Pub, which is the... Um At the Drayton Court Hotel in Ealing, it's going to be wicked. It's going to have comedians. It's going to have uh, all sorts. We haven't, haven't sorted it out quite out as yet. We've got a wicked guest already. Um, it's going to have a comedian. We're going to have a DJ. We're going to have a um, musician, probably. Um, maybe even, a, you know, all sorts of stuff. So Friday the 4th of May, and we may even put that on sale immediately. Very limited. Very, very early birds for characters who want to tuck in. But listen, let's go back to this social. Kev O'Connor. He relived that penalty against Swindon after the Trotter penalty incident, which he talked about at the social, and we're going to put that podcast up, hopefully, next week. But Kev O'Connor talks about the Swindon penalty 
in the playoffs. Um, about 10 days later, we played Swindon Town uh, in the playoffs away and Brentford were 1-0 down and I think we got a penalty in the last five minutes of the game. Um, can you tell me what happened next, please? So, obviously, Trotz was on the bench. So, <laughs> that situation. No, basically, as soon as it was given, I was obviously taking it. Um, I was walking up there, I was angry. I wasn't nervous, I was just angry because it, it should have been the week before. And that's the most confident I've ever felt taking a penalty. And then it was just, and that was that. And obviously it, it helped us a little bit in the, to get to the final. So I kind of knew as well that Tony Craig was obviously going to come back and play the next game. So that was effectively my last kick of the season. So it was, yeah, it was, it was strange how it happened again. It was in injury time, like you say, just over a week later. So yeah, I was just angry walking up to take that penalty. So as you probably might have seen on uh, breakfast TV, everyone's punting a book at the moment. Um, and yeah, of course, you know, there's, there's a magnificent book out at the moment, the big book of Griffin Park, which has been published by uh, myself and Mark Croxford. Um, we've spent the last eight months researching and putting together and, and finding the photographs for 400 pages of Griffin Park deliciousness. So if you've not got it on your wish list, you need to get onto the Brentford Club shop and buy it. Um, Greville Walk. I'm going to say as well, because obviously there's all sorts of facts and figures in that book, Laney. And uh, you gave me a, a nice little fact from that from book that I'll, that I'll put in the, the Norwich programme for Friday, because we're playing Norwich on Friday. And it, it's the fact about the goat. Yeah, that in 1908-09, Brentford were in a terrible, terrible run. Um, Dean Smith wasn't involved at the time. And um, we were given, but it was so bad that Brentford were given a lucky white goat as a, as a you know, a lucky totem. Um, unfortunately for the goat, it died three months later on because the winter was so harsh that year. So um, I don't know whether it actually, you know, any, any victories happened because of it, but it just shows you it's, it's Brentford in it started uh, probably um, before the First World War. So, yeah, so obviously there's the, the big book of Griffin Park, which is selling like hotcakes out the club shop at the moment. Limited edition, so once they're gone, they're gone. Um, Greville Waterman's book, Ooh Bob Bukart, is out as well. Um, absolutely worth, um, worth, a, a, worth an investment or worth a, a, a quick email to Santa to see if he can get that on his list. But it gets me thinking, is there is a lot of Brentford books that you do want to, or you have read and you've enjoyed, but Brentford books you would never, ever want to see in print? The Allard. Is, this, is there, a, is there a, a possible title that you would never want to come to fruition? Um, I've really had too long to think about this. There's, there's, there's more than one. Um, obviously, there's um, there's Murray Jones, my, my greatest games. Um, there's um, there's a safe pair of hands by Ashley Bays. Is another possibility. And um, and um, successful management by Terry Butcher. The, the, the B. Is there is there any any books that you would never ever want to see? You know, put pen to paper. I mean, maybe our, our rivals might be buying it so they know how to actually deal with it. But there's also How to Master the Playoffs uh, by Brentford FC. Um, the, t- the only team to have lost eight playoffs out of eight. So I think that, you know, that would probably be a... Uh, actually, wouldn't be a bestseller at all, would it? Um, 
for, for myself um, is a is a design book. It's um, Dugout Design by Andy Scott. <laughs> would be a, quite a good one. That's going to be on Channel Four. It's like um, great, you know, grand um, grand designs. It's one of those kind of books. Um, the Sherlock Holmes book, Sherlock Sherlock and the, and the Northampton Gun. That's a, that's a, that's one there that um, might be here for the, the Who Done It. Um, the the A to Z of Portuguese bees is um, is one that I, I can't think of any um, any Portugueses. Tinho one B bees sorted A and C to Z needs to be to be and um, one for Liberal Nick here is the um, the the EFL guide to massage parlours. Yeah. And, and I mean, the thing is that obviously we know that Magnus um, uh, Rasmus Ankerson has got his motivational book, um, which is called what's it's called the Goldmine Effect as well, which is it's done very well. But apparently there's a there's a there's a book to rival it, um, which is called How to Be Ten Times Better um, by by Harley Dean as well, which is uh, which is all good. And uh, oh shit, there's another one I just thought of. Them. And also, um, apparently, there was, a, there was another book that's going to be coming out, which I'm not quite sure whether or not we should do that. It's um, How to Do Plan A Better by Mark Warburton as well, which, is, uh, which was an interesting book, but didn't, didn't, didn't do really too well in the charts. No way, Plan B. Friday night, loads of bees going up to Norwich. Well, not loads, but loads for us on a Friday night last before Christmas. Lovely. Going up there and... Um, we don't. We we had a, first time we went to Norwich. We did all right, but last year was a complete nightmare. So we're hoping we're going to turn this around on Friday. But listen, we're going to go over to Norwich to speak to Claire from the Little Yellow Bird Project because she knows everything about Norwich. She's going to give us the knowledge and she's going to tell us Norwich and knowledge. Yes, that's right. And she's going to tell us whether or not we're going to get three points in Norwich because. God damn, we need three points after the fluffs that we've done over the last couple of weeks. So, Claire, let us know what's going down in Norwich. So, Friday, we're going up to the east, to Norwich City. Norwich haven't had the best start to the season, so we thought, who best to know what's going down in Norwich? Let's speak to Claire from Little Yellow Bird Project. Claire, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good, actually, pretty good. I'm actually looking forward to this last game before Christmas so I can chill out for a few days because it's been a little bit relentless these past few months. How about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. It just comes thick and fast and we could do with a break ourselves, I think. Yeah, you know that. So listen, I mean, tell you what, Norwich have actually disappointed me slightly because in our bloggers' predictions, at the beginning of the season, you've got all the bloggers to write exactly how they think their team's going to do and I predicted Norwich for an immediate return to the Premier League. You haven't (laughs) really had that happy return to the Championship, have you? What's gone wrong? It's been a strange season for us. I mean, we've had such a change behind the scenes um, in the summer, completely restructured from academy up through the board and everything. And we've got rid of loads of players that are coming to the end of their contracts and were on high wages that we couldn't afford anymore. Um, And we've brought loads of new players in and a new manager or coach, rather. Um, So, yeah, it's a huge transition for us this, this season. And so far, it's not really working and we're all starting to get a little bit concerned we're trying to be patient but personally i'm starting to get a little bit worried so yeah hard to know exactly what's gone wrong but yeah i mean i'm looking at your results i mean other than the millwall match where you lost four nil 
in the Villa game <laughs> where you lost 4-2, you actually yeah. seem to be chugging along quite nicely at the beginning of the season. And if anything, you played Brentford because you played us in the Cup, you beat us in the Cup, and then you went to mm. play Arsenal. And then it seems to have gone horribly wrong since you played Arsenal. You've lost to Derby, you lost to Wolves, you lost to Bolton, Forest, Cardiff, Wednesday and Leeds. I mean, it <laughs> seems to capitulate since then. Yeah, basically, we had a really good September. Um, excellent. And we got into the playoff positions. Um, we didn't use a game and we didn't concede a goal for almost a month. But we weren't scoring that many still. Um, we were winning a lot of games 1-0. Um, and yeah, we played Arsenal. We really played very well in that game. It should have really won it, but we didn't. So I hear that. I mean, the last time Norwich were in this division, um, that's before they went to the Premier League, they were very impressive. In principle, yeah. you know, you should you should be able to hold your ground, don't you think, with the financial clout that you've got? <laughs> we don't have any financial clout anymore. Um, we spent a lot of money when we were in the Premier League the year before last, in January, to try and stay up. Um, we overspent and we didn't stay up. So last season, we were back in the Championship. We had the players we should have been able to go back up with, but it didn't work. So we've had to get rid of all those high earners and those good players and we've brought in much cheaper players um, and yeah, so we are a completely different side now to what we were two years ago. I think two years ago this week we beat Man United at Oldford and now we're, what are we, 16th in the Championship, so a lot has changed. I mean, you're talking about bringing in players. I mean, you poached Stuart Webber from Huddersfield right in the middle of their run last season. Now, he was credited mm. for pulling together the Terriers team that got promotion. Um, has he weaved his magic with Norwich? Not so far. Um, I think he's trying to do the same thing. He's brought in Daniel Farker from uh, Richard Dortmund in the same way that he did with David Wagner. Um, and we're all hoping that the same thing happens. But at the moment, it's not quite working out that way but we're hoping this season we just it's a season of transition and that next season we'll start to see the fruits of that so as much like Huddersfield did I think they had one season where you know they were just sort of getting stable again and then they they went up to the Premier League the next season so fingers crossed we actually stay in the league this season then we can try and push the promotion again next season. Well it's interesting also and you mentioned Farker I mean Farker and you talk about Wagner at Huddersfield, we were impressed with Wagner when we went to Huddersfield because we went to the local mm. bar and he actually had his own beer. You know, he had his, his face on it and everything <laughs> like that. So it's called wow. Wagner Brew. Wagner Gold, it was called. And we Goodness gave him it's actually quite good. So I thought, that's fair enough <laughs> beer. Farker's got his own song, hasn't he? Yeah, we've got quite a lot of songs based around him and, and the German players we've got. So, yeah, I was just hoping for a bit, a bit of the same success that Huddersfield has. Yeah, so we'll be hearing that song on Friday. But, I mean, just we looking will. at the team, you know, you've got Farker. I mean, you're you're not overly impressed with him. I know you've talked about him, but you again, you you you're still questions are out on Parker, aren't they? I really like him, and I I like his attitude, and I like what he's trying to do, and I really really hope that he does achieve it, and that we do get there. But at the moment, I'm undecided. What I feel there is a chance that this revolution is not going to work. Um, I think some people aren't appreciating that that you know nothing is certain. Um, we all seem to think it will work and we will do what Huddersfield did, but it might not work. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at your team and, you know, I'm not being funny, it's, it's, it's not all that bad. You've got players like Josh Murphy, he's doing really well. Mm. You've got Wes Lehulahan, who knows who the He's not played. <laughs> okay, Nelson Oliveira, I mean, you know, James, James Madison, 
Tim Closer, yeah. Alex Pritchard, who we know yeah. all about, brilliant, brilliant player. Yeah, um, yeah. Yannick Wilshut, which we thought, you know, we should have nabbed him from Wigan when he was, like, shooting down the wing down there as well. I mean, there's quality in your side. Surely you should be able to shoot those guys into the top six. Well, yeah, but Pritchard's only just come back from injury that he got in pre-season, so we've really missed him, and he, our team was going to be based around him, and we haven't had him for almost the whole of the ha- first half of the season. So he's back now, so hopefully we can kick on. James Madison has been a shining light for us this season. He's been outstanding. The rest of the people you mentioned actually haven't been that great. Um, so some of them aren't aren't doing what, what we'd expect of them at the moment. So I think that's not really helping things either. But yeah, hopefully now Pritchard's back, we can we can actually start building our team around him properly and move forwards. I've got to, I've got to talk about an ex Norwich player, Sergi Canos. I, I oh yeah. Say that. He is possibly the most popular Brentford loney when he was with <laughs> us beforehand. After uh, Chesney, win at Chesney, the uh, the Arsenal goalkeeper oh, who Chesney, was, was, yeah. came to us on loan. Yeah, Chesney. Everyone loved him, and he bled red and white Brentford. He was yeah. absolutely potty for it. And Sergi Canos was exactly the same when he's on loan. Yeah. We were really gutted when he went to you. Um, but yeah. luckily for us, you didn't take care of him, did you? No. None of us really know why. I always thought he would, you know, do well, and he did do exceptionally well at Brentford, and I'd sort of heard all about that. But for some reason, Alex Neil just didn't give him a chance last season, and I'm glad that he's doing well again at Brentford. I think he deserves it. He always seemed like a really nice guy when he was at Norwich, so I'm glad that he's doing well for you again. Yeah, he's honestly he's the happiest, most enthusiastic player that you could ever ever yeah. have in your side. So uh, you'll you'll see him on Friday, no doubt. But listen. <laughs> I'm sure he'll do really well as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. But listen, um, you're not a long ball side, Norwich. You like to play the ball no. on the floor, just like us. So it looks like it's going to be a battle of the midfields. You know, we like to keep hold of possession. Some of our mm-hmm. games, like when we played Derby at home, we had actually 84% possession at one stage. Oh, wow. We end up with like 79 or something ridiculous. Even when we lost away to Cardiff, I think we had about 65% possession. They, they beat us 2-0. You know, so mm-hmm. we know it's not all about the possession but what no. you're doing with it, and we're obviously not converting enough, but how do you see this team or this match You could, you could have been talking about Norwich, exactly that, the same thing, possession-based, but if you don't do anything with it, there's no good having more possession than your opposition if you're not scoring more goals than the opposition, and that's exactly what we're not doing at the moment as well. So it sounds like we might cancel each other out. Well, I was about to say, we might pass each other to death, like I was saying, we like bored. Yeah. <laughs> You know, this is another sort of trying to get it out from the back and we just keep our 85 passes, you know what I'm saying? And people are just oh, getting their cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, I mean, so basically, we'll see. So it's going to be, it's going to be the game back battle of the midfield and obviously, you know, with, our, with, with the wing play as well to see how that goes down. But So the match tomorrow, I see Norwich are giving away Christmas hats. I guess you'll be queuing up at six o'clock to grab yours, will you? <laughs> Probably not, No. <laughs> Oh, come on, you've got to get into the Christmas spirit. It's a couple of days before Christmas, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, I've probably already got one somewhere. I'll have to dig it out. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll be singing the Jingle Bell song, Jingle All The Way. Yeah, oh, I have a feeling we might. <laughs> so, listen, match on Saturday, give us a score prediction. Or Friday, even. Oh, it's not about Friday. It's a kind of augmented Friday, you know what I'm saying? Or augmented Saturday, <laughs> so it really is Friday. Score prediction. I am terrible at predictions. We do one for our little yellow bird site, and I've literally got one right all season. So I'm going to go with 1-1 because we have an awful lot of 1-1 draws at home this season. So I'll go with that. 
Okay, one more for Claire, and I'm going to go 2-1 to the Mighty Bees. We'll be singing Jingle Bells, jingle, fingers crossed. But anyway, listen, Claire from the Little Yellow Bird Project. Check it out. It's online. And uh, great chatting to you. Fingers crossed that, you know, we get our prediction right, and you will go have <laughs> some Christmas turkey, and you won't feel so sad after all. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> all right, then. Take care. All right, catch you later. Thanks. Okay, bye. So there, Claire from the Little Yellow Bird Project. She wasn't overly confident about Norwich, and that makes me nervous. Because every time we've had an opposition fan who's not confident about how their team's going to do, they end up giving us a spanking. They end up beating us. Look at the whole city. They weren't confident, and they beat us, you know. It's in Barnsley. You know, they weren't confident at all, and they got a point out of it. So it makes me a little bit nervous, so we need to be a little bit more professional on Friday night to go about and do our business because they're there for the taking they're not doing what they should do they've been beaten by everyone I think they even got beaten by Bolton Wanderers you know what I'm saying no one gets beaten by Bolton they got beaten by Bolton Wanderers but we can't take anything for granted we like to pass the ball around loads and loads but we need to be more incisive Malpay up front he's obviously suffering from his miss against Cardiff City but he's got to get over it we're not interested listen mate you're a professional you get paid loads of money Get the ball in the back of the net. Norwich, Friday night. Myself and Laney were going up there. We're going to have a bit of a laugh. Again, staying overnight. We decided to make it our another Christmas party. Just another excuse. I had one last Friday, or Saturday after the old um, brewery, and I had some sort of funk party. I was dressed up in some sort of, you know, funk and 70s, 80s party. And uh, dressed up in some sort of pimp outfit, you know what I'm saying, as you do. You know what I'm saying? Big flares and everything like that. Everyone was dressed up, afros and wigs. And five o'clock in the morning, I had a fantastic night on Saturday night. Uh, and I thought that was going to be my final Christmas party. But however, we decided, actually, let's go to Norwich just to finish it off. So that is now going to be final Christmas party. Very much looking forward to it. I'm not going to be dressed as a pimp on Friday night in Norwich because I need to. I need to look respectable because apparently it's a respectable town or is it a city I've got no idea looking forward no it's a city Norwich City it's their name yes. um, so um, yeah I'm looking forward to it it's, uh, it's uh, I'm not looking well it's, it's, we, we're going to make a very very good fist of um, it being a Friday night before Christmas so I think Norwich City will be absolutely rocking there'll be um, a lot of Christmas parties there'll be a lot of people out having fun um, I think it'll be a case of uh, win or lose we're going to be out having a party afterwards hopefully we can resurrect um, or put right um, what was was the dark one of the darkest days of my life last year I'm not going to go into that but it was just awful um, losing 5-0 um, and then Harley Dean having to go at us at the end for moaning. Um, it was just it was just a dark, dark day all around. So um, uh, I've been to Norwich several times now. We, I've seen us win there. I've seen us lose there. I've seen us draw there. Um, it's never been an easy game, and I'm not I'm not expecting it to be easy again on on Friday. So um, hopefully we can uh, we can win and we can just. Um, you know, blow the cobs away from uh, from last Saturday because uh, you know we know that this this Brentford team can give a lot more than they've been showing necessarily week in week out. Hopefully, we can um, end the year on a high. It's quite important. 2018 is a big year for us, so we we need to we need to be cracking on. And as as always, oh, too, and as news has come in as well. Oh my God, Bristol City. 
they've just beaten Man United as well. This is, I mean, by the time this podcast up, it'll be all over the news. But they've knocked Man United out of the League Cup. And that's quite interesting because I said to you, I talk to Bristol City fans all the time, and they still turn around and say that Brentford are the best team they've played all season. But they've motored forward, they've done the business, and now they're they're in the semi-finals of the League Cup, and also they're in the top, I think, top six, if not the top four, of the Championship. And uh, they've not fielded any weakened sides. They've just gone and done the business, and they've gone out there and they've got the cup. And all you know, there's got to be question marks about this. Oh, we got to field a weakened side. We got to rotate this and that and the other. They've just gone and done their thing. They haven't done no weakened side business. They put their team out, and they're obviously doing very well. So um, fair play to Bristol City, eh, Lady. Yeah, they're doing. Appleton's doing like an immense job at Bristol City. Funny enough, um, I, speak, I was sitting in a pub with Ollie um, at the end after the game. He, he, he knows him, um, and it's a, it's a big vibe going on down there. And I think I think he was, you know, he, we, we considered him for the Brentford job. Sorry, considered um, again who? Appleton. Appleton, which is the, the, the Bristol City manager. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know he's 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 like one of these really young progressive managers, um, and obviously you know everything all his all his um, eggs are in in one line at the moment. He's like he's ripping up the league. Um, the players are firing. Um, he's taking the taking the cup seriously. Um, all the all the things that you just hope you know. Whether whether it lasts or not, who only you know, God only knows. But for the moment, no knocking Man United out of the cup is always going to be like a landmark moment. It's going to be a landmark moment. It gets the fans buzzing, gets everyone buzzing, and maybe it's a lesson to Brentford. Listen, we know about your rotation. You got to do this and that and the other. But at the end of the day, other other teams seem to be able to do it okay, and they put the same team out, and it continues to do it, and they do all right. And we said this before when we played Norwich, we played our B team and we played our B teams year and year. Sometimes you need to get a bit of momentum, especially when you're not getting the wins that you want to. A good old cup run gets you going and doing what you want to do. And Bristol City have proven to some people that the theory about having to rotate teams through the cup isn't necessarily a theory that everyone needs to stick to. Fair to to Bristol City. Matt, listen, chat to Claire. You know, they said they've got some decent players there. You know, also they've got some decent players like Josh Murphy, Houlihan, Oliveira, James Madison, you know, Wilchert, Alex Pritchard, who she said that they're trying to build a team around Alex Pritchard. Um, but they haven't been getting the results. Should be be worried being Brentford because at the end of the day, normally any other team would go there and they'll just dispose of them. But this soft underbelly thing that we talk about, is that something to be worried about or, or is this something that we can fix on Friday night? I'm always worried when we go to Norwich because I, I, I still have this sort of nightmare of Robert Fleck doing um, press-ups in front of us, having scored, I think, I think it was the third goal of his hat-trick. Um, <clears throat> I, think, um, I, think it's a, I think it's a difficult ask on Friday and uh, although I don't subscribe to the... Um, to liberal Knicks, um, let's um, you know, let's um, battle out a hoof out there and battle out a draw. I kind of think, you know, if we could sort of somehow scrape a, a nil-nil on Friday, and um, you know, I apologise to those that are going who are looking for more entertainment. Then that'd be a bit of a result, really. Um, you know, I, I what I'm kind of hoping is that a lot of the players are involved in the five-nil loss last year. Um, and um, was it five nil? I think it was five nil. And um, you know, and they and they saw sort of how much it hurt that 
people that travel that way and it's a big ask people to travel on the Friday night before Christmas and fair play to everybody that's going and um, I, you know, I think, I think everyone's due a performance so let's hope that the players can um, sort of you know, get something out of it on Friday and maybe it is one of those games where I do subscribe to sort of battling out battling out a bit um, but you know what it, that isn't the way we play um, so the odds are it'll end up being 3-2 um, to one or the other for me there's one good thing is that um, there's a player that plays for us who we know is going to want to get his own back on them but the nice thing about it it's not being hyped up at all the Sergi Canos scenario he went to Norwich and he was sitting down there and they did nothing for him and they really should have sorted him out but they didn't do very good for us that they didn't do because now he's come back to us but we know how Sergi Canos is he's a very motivated character and he's want to go and prove to those Norwich characters there that he's the business so normally we get this hyped up and the hype isn't there, but now the fact is that he's going to be out there and he's going to be doing his business. So I'm hoping that Sergi is going to be leading a B's victory. And as I've said to me, I am very confident that we're going to get a result out there despite the Brentford soft underbelly. Um, but Laney, give us a score prediction. Um, nil-nil. He's, he's going for He's going for confident nil-nil and uh, the outlaws. I said 3-2. Um, I'm going to say 3-2 Norwich. 3-2 Norwich. He's not happy. And I'm the only one in the camp here who thinks the Bees are going to get a victory. And it's 2-1 to the mighty Bees up at Norwich. They'll be crying before Christmas. And jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to see the Brentford win away. But- yeah, well, I've got... Um, before then, though, it's Thursday tomorrow. So your Thursday morning, you're going to get the podcast. I've got, um, I've got a pantomime tomorrow night. Pantomime at the... Um, the Woking Woking Mosaic Theatre. It's um I've got um it's uh, Roger Roger De Corsi, um Lembit Opic and um John Terry's mum. Anyway, we've got to move on from that anyway, you know, as he's talking about it, he's got absolutely no idea. Listen, this is Christmas time, Christmas cheer for all. Listen everybody, listen, this is the besotted pride of West London podcast. Uh, we're playing Norwich on Friday night. Fingers crossed we can get a result there. We're going up there. We're going to have a laugh. Win or lose, as we say, we are on the booze. We're staying overnight. If you're up there, say hello. Tell us where you're going to be. We'll probably be at the coaches' horses at some stage and in Norwich Town Centre having a right proper laugh as well. And also, uh, there's a few people taking care of us, which we don't really want to talk about as well, but we throw that into the pot. Laney? She's playing Widow Twanky. Widow Twanky? Sorry? Twanky. No, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's going to get Aladdin, apparently. Okay, right, okay. Apparently, Aladdin's uh, involved in this one. But listen, like I said to you, quickly, T-shirts, we've got last lot. We're going to, uh, listen, if you put in an order before midday tomorrow, I'll run down the post office and I'll get it down by uh, by tomorrow night, which is Thursday night, and we'll get the post that to you and they'll get to you before Christmas. Bride of West London and all sorts of T-shirts there. We've got the, the wicked little bee that everyone's very happy about as well, a new little bee design. So get down there if you want to get there as well. But other than that, very much looking forward to Norwich now. Very much looking forward to having a little bit of a laugh. Very much looking forward to having a break and going for Christmas, Boxing Day. We won't even talk about that because we've got that off our chest last week. But listen, we're in the um, we're in the George Fourth pub. Great pub. They've taken care of us. There's bells ringing, jingle bells, jingle all the way. But listen, we're going to go as we say. Come on, come on, you Come on, you bees. Jingle all the way.
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.